listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One Take Podcast, episode four. We are recording, hopefully, a shorter episode than the two-hour extravaganza that we gave you last week. Uh, this is another One Take Down, and this week, uh, as requested by our special guest, Matt, Matt is Bear on Twitter, uh, we are doing a One Take Down of the beloved Toy Story 4, the most unnecessary of the Toy Story franchises. Franchise. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not nice. It's it's not nice to invite somebody on to discuss a movie, and then before I even have a chance to talk about it, or or why my beautiful family loves it so much, to just immediately <laughs> crap all over it. It <laughs> is starting out. It is the most unnecessary of all of the. Uh, welcome on the pod. Welcome on the pod, by the way. By the way, yeah. Hi, I'm I'm fine. I'm doing well. How are you guys? <laughs> doing doing fine. <laughs> Finally getting on tonight. Um, so. I, I, I just want to say, heat. I just want to say, I love, I love the vibe you guys have already. the The first episodes have been super entertaining, and uh, I, I'm honored to be the first non one of you guys to be on. So thanks. Well, uh, we are glad to actually have you on because uh, for anyone on Baylor Twitter that knows, Matt is a uh, thriving presence in mm. uh, in Baylor Twitter. So he's a great follow on Baylor Twitter. If you want to give him a follow, just a great follow in general on. Uh, on Twitter, if you if you want to do that, but um, Dex, y'all and Jake, y'all have known Matt for a long time. This is actually the first time I'm getting to meet Matt in uh, quote unquote person. Yeah, he's the goat. Yeah. The goat. <laughs> Matt, what low standards we have so far? <laughs> Matt, why did uh, let's start with that? Why did you want to do um, Toy Story four? So I think just in general, like, you know, I, I, I listen to you guys. I've been listening to like the Ringer podcast and just a lot of different media review podcasts. And everybody's talking about Oscar season, right? That's that's what everybody's talking about. And you guys did it. Everybody else has done it, too. And it's I'm sitting there going, oh, man, that's really cool. I've seen none of these movies. Right. <laughs> but I, I'm like literally none of them. Right. None of them. And uh, I am I'm a, a father of two. I have a three-year-old, almost four. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have, I have a, a son who's almost four. I have a daughter who's almost uh, two or some number around there. And, uh, it, you know, with Disney Plus coming out, all all we watch is, is Disney content. And uh, that ranges from Toy Stories 1 through 3. And now that it's on streaming, probably 4. Um, but we also have four purchased. We watch all like Big Hero Six was just all we watched for like four weeks, and so all of the Disney content, man, that's my wheelhouse. And I have a, a lot of these bottled up opinions and thoughts and emotions about not only the Toy Story franchise, but um, basically everything on that platform. And opinions I need to get it that, out safely somehow. Opinions that you can't share with your uh, wife and your kids as you're watching the movie. Oh no, they just don't listen to me. Anymore. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Uh, Matt yelling at Fozzie for an hour over Big Hero Six, it's a TV show. 
Yeah, you're joking, but that. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. We Shout are. Go ahead, Dex. Shout out to Ant Cast from Big Hero Six. Shit. A shout out Ant Cast. We don't want to go down that road. I'm just gonna. <laughs> oh yeah. Again. Follow Mattis Bear on Twitter. You'll get those takes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Toy Story Four, shall we? A more wholesome film than Big Hero Six, uh, according to y'all. Um, when a new toy called Forky joins Woody and the gang, a road trip alongside old and new friends reveals how big the world can be for a toy. This came out early in uh, 20. I think it came out of the summer in 2019. Yeah, June 21st, 2019. This made a billion dollars. So if you're wondering why they went and made this movie, and we'll discuss that later, this made, I repeat, a billion dollars off of a, a pretty hefty budget, $200 million. And you can see why they put that money into this of course it stars tom hanks tim allen's or tim allen's tim allen annie potts as bo peep tony hale as the new forky keegan michael key and jordan peele as ducky and bunny otherwise known as the toys you can buy at walmart we'll get into that later Uh keanu reeves makes an appearance in this and all the uh other toys that you know and love jesse joan cusack uh bonnie hunt as dolly and uh, all the other toys that actually do not get any time in this movie. And we'll also talk about that. First things first, Jake, what did we think? First thoughts about this movie, quick synopsis of what your thoughts were, and then we'll get in, and Dex, and then we'll get into this, Toy Story 4. Uh, Off the bat, so I watched it for the first time, like a couple of hours ago, Um, finished it right before coming on here. Uh, I thought it was really cute. I thought it was a lot of fun. I have so many questions because they introduced a lot of elements in this film that weren't present in the previous three, especially like how do toys become sentient? Um, Mm -hmm. But no, I thought it was a lot of fun. I I agree that this probably didn't need to be made or really more of a question of who was this made for? Children. Um, But (laughs) <laughs> yeah was it yeah, um yeah. but all in all i i enjoyed it i thought it was fun i thought it, it's it's a good family movie dex so i saw it in theaters when it came came out watched it again like literally 30 minutes before coming on this podcast and it's fire super duper fire best in the series for me um uh, if you ask who it's made for it was made for me love it <laughs> needed it <laughs> wanted it gonna watch it all the time he gets it ladies and gentlemen he understands so we already just got your initial thoughts uh matt at the top of this but you know what as the film overall what are your you know kind of uh, synopsis that you have about it i mean yeah so i i definitely um saw it in uh in theaters um my son was just about the age where he he had seen all the toy stories so we had to go see it in theaters it was great you know, I was in a slightly altered state, so that made it even better. Mm. And and the the daughter behaved, and it was fantastic, right? You know, you, you have you throw a couple beers back at the Alamo esque uh, movie house, and you have yourself a good time. And uh, Alamo Draft House sponsor the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, um, Alamo, come on the pod. And uh, I. I, what Dex said was absolutely correct. It was made for us. It it was also made for kids, but it hit all of the buttons that it needed to hit to resolve all of the feelings we had uh, from the first three. 
um, because like Beck said, it, it is competing for the best movie of the series, um, whereas three was a little dark and left everybody kind of melancholy. Um, and we'll probably talk about how it fits into the series as a whole. But overall, thoroughly enjoyed it. If it's not the best, it's it's number two in the series. I want to say my thoughts for that at the very end, as far as um, as far as where it fits in the series, because I I'm like we use the term "stan" on here a lot, and I don't think we really know what it means. But um, the provocative. Uh, <laughs> As, as much as we use the word stan, I don't think we use it correctly, but I stand Toy Story 3, uh, and I thought, you know, it ended the series, I, th- I thought it wrapped up. That's what, uh, So when this was came out, I, I sort of didn't see the necess- necessity of it, and again, that's the final question that we're going to get to at the very end, and hopefully we answer it along the way, but... I didn't see the necessity of it. Watching it in theaters, you're kind of like, okay, well, I needed one. I, deep down, since I've grown up with this, these films, well, the first one came out in 1995 or six. six, you know. So, like, deep down, he's like, oh, I, I definitely needed one more ride with, with Woody and Buzz and everything else. But, and it made a billion dollars, so I'm, what do I know? Disney all hail like they they get it so like they they know better than me so i get why they made it that's that's what i'll say what i'll say there and we'll we'll hopefully get to what we think about the series as a whole will they continue and ultimately was this movie necessary i think we know where uh dex and matt stand on that already but i i texted the um i texted the group and here's kind of the rundown that we're going to go with we're going to start with uh with the opening the opening of the film starts with um the the gang shall we say at nine years prior at andy's house when andy's still a kid trying to rescue rc from uh, a torrential downpour and i just wanted to fold the opening into the animation because immediately in this film Pixar hits you with y'all haven't seen animation like this before. Like <laughs> it's um, a new game. Yeah, like oh, we, for sure. yeah, we've changed the ball game where it's like you can see individual raindrops. You can see the rain falling like off of their face. You can see like the it, the mud splattering everywhere. Like it it's incredible how how much they they were able to just put this on screen and and especially on Disney plus and you don't lose any of that on Disney plus. If you're watching it on your home TV, most people have 1080 P TVs or 4k TVs now. So you don't lose any of that that you had in the theater. I I feel with this. And so you can kind of see shadows and individual hair. Like they did not miss a beat with all this. So I just wanted to see like folding in the opening with the animation. What did y'all think about, about that? Also, also overrated. We're gonna we're gonna try to bring back overrated, underrated, improperly rated, or just rated with uh, some of these categories. Not all of them, but some of them. Are we doing that for this one? Yeah. What what what, what do we think about the opening of how it establishes uh, where we are in this place and time, and how important actually how important Bo Peep will end up being to this story? Yeah. Um, the beginning was awesome. Because it really did just feel like Disney was just going like, look at all the toys we have now. Like, look how amazing this animation is. Because the animation in the film is incredible. Like, 
you are seeing individual nicks and cuts and like buzzes plastic um that have never been present in the film before like they actually look like real life toys um as for actual story it's fine it exists for me i mean we're setting up the story Bo Peep finally has to go. It does feel weird because she kind of just gives up with really no character motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no, she she wants a new adventure. That's always her. That's always been her deal. Like she, um, and if you'd watch the uh, the extra canonical uh, uh, <laughs> material on Disney Plus, you'd realize that she has a lot of adventures on sure, the way. Sure. Sorry, I missed um, that. Yeah, yeah it's, I, call, it's called a uh, lamp life. So I, I'd like you to prepare a little bit. <laughs> Next time, if you, if you don't mind. No, I will say, yeah, I, I, I was not aware that Bo Peep had a lamp that plays somewhat of a big part in this film, and I, uh, I wasn't aware it was a thing. Maybe I'm an <laughs> idiot, but I always thought that she was like more stuck to that lamp than I originally remembered, or that she was more like porcelain than she actually is in the, in this. Because... Oh, she's very porcelain in this film. Like she is made of glass. Yeah, but I, I just thought she was yeah. more rigid and everything. In this film, she's doing like flips and everything. We'll get into her character uh, a little bit later. But what do we think about the opening? Uh, and first of all, um, and I'll add this in there, she immediately tempts Woody to uh, leave everything you know behind. Come with me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I say Bo Peep is a temptress. We'll get into that later also. <laughs> uh, Dex, what do you I think? Don't- Oh, I was going to say, I don't actually think I have a rating for the opening, so yeah. I guess rated. rated I, thought, yeah. I thought it was fun. I think it was just Disney just flashing all their toys pretty early on. Cool. Uh, I'll go underrated for the opening. I think a lot of people kind of forgot about Bo Peep. It's been a while since Toy Story 3, and she wasn't in that. It's been even longer since Toy Story 2, obviously. So I had a lot of like friends who were like, why is Bo Peep so important all of a sudden? But watching all the movies back-to-back, She's, like, a major part of Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2. And her and Woody are, like, intimate. Like, they are frisky with it, like, in Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2. So, uh, you know, in Toy Story 3, they kind of give this, like, oh, yeah, Bo Peep, she's gone. It's sad. Uh, But then I appreciate that they kind of, like, show what happened in Toy Story 4, and it looked incredible. Uh, And, like, the animation is so, so much better in Toy Story 4 than Toy Story 1. Like watching Toy Story One, like Sid's dog is like the he ugliest. Whack as hell, man! He looks so <laughs> whack, bro. The ugliest animated dog I've ever seen. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Uh, Pixar do better. It and really, then... it really stands out of time. Whenever you go back and you watch those movies, even Toy Story Two, because Toy Story Two came out way later or way sooner than you think. It came out in '99. Like, I always thought that I was a little bit older when Toy Story Two came out. It took a it took a whole nother decade for Toy Story three to ca- come out, which I mean is kind of crazy. I mean, but you know you got to pay Tom Hanks's money to get back in these films, obviously. But um, <laughs> Matt, what did you think about the opening and uh, immediately the wave of animation that they're gonna hit you with in this film? Did, did that kind of stick out to you? I know it did for me just watching it. Immediately better than Rise of Skywalker because they were like <laughs> um, uh, storytelling and stuff. Which was I thought I thought that was an interesting choice to tell a good story as to why we are going to end up where we are going to end up. Who would have thought um, Disney telling a good story? 
who would have thought? No, I I appreciated the setup, and I thought it made sense uh, for Bo Peep's character. I thought it made sense for Woody's character. Woody is going to be loyal to Andy until the bitter end, as we see. And uh, Bo Peep, uh, you know, she's served her purpose with uh, with the sister. I can't remember her name, uh, but she's a lamp, man. Yeah, Molly. She gets, uh, you know, she gets donated, man. It happens, you know. And she's like, cool. I'm I'm gonna rock with that and, and go on to my next adventure. So I like that. It made a lot of sense. So moving on, you mentioned story. We'll just move right into the story. I titled this in the rundown story, uh, colon, uh, Woody has a existential crisis. That seems pretty uh, persistent. Just It seems to be Woody's uh, thing. It, yeah. You know, Buzz's thing is being cool and, and flying. <laughs> and uh, Slinky Dog is, hey, being cool because uh, I'm Slinky Dog. And uh, Woody, is his thing is having an existential crisis. That's what yeah, he does. Yeah, it was heavy in this film um even getting like the creation of forky and him immediately not knowing what he is but desperately wanting to be trash even though it is a kid's film i am suddenly like watching this going like who am i in this world because this is who i think i am but am i trash uh start questioning yeah, no, your you start questioning yourself within the context of a animated kids movie yeah, it it is weird that 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 we introduce like this these very heavy um, adult sort of themes of places in the world and you know existential purpose in a kids film, but it's also I mean it is Disney and it's well placed. It's it's placed in a, a humor comical way, um, but it is it is cool to watch a film for kids that is so relatable as an adult. Every parent in the theater going, God damn! Like, really? Am I trash? <laughs> yeah. Hey, but that, but that's always kind of been like where Toy Story, in my opinion, has set itself apart as a as a franchise. They have always touched on like either a slightly darker subject than you would expect, or a slightly more existential subject. I mean, in Toy Story three, all the toys are like, Yeah, man, we're about to die, so this is it. And there in, is an acceptance of death. In every movie, like toys are about to get got in every single movie, and they're just like, ah, well, you know, that happens to toys, and uh, <laughs> and so in, in Toy Story four, yeah, no different. Much like all of you, toys will also <laughs> die. Absolutely, <laughs> eat at Arby's. Uh, oh, yeah. If you're gonna teach children about like what eventually happens at the end of this road, I guess Toy Story is nailing it. Yeah, exactly. I, I uh, Dex, what? Go ahead and give your overrated, underrated. What did you think about the story as a whole? And then we'll go back around the horn and uh, call it overrated, underrated, properly rated for the story. Uh, I'll go with properly rated. I think a lot of people, like everybody who saw the movie, loved the story aspect of it. Uh, what I was going to say is I was watching Toy Story 1 yesterday um, before you know, kind of bending through the mall. And it like immediately starts with an existential crisis. Like all the toys are... Like watching Andy's birthday party, like wondering if they're about to be replaced by new toys. So like, absolutely, that's been like a consistent theme throughout all four of the movies. It's like this very existential crisis. So, um, I like how they kind of pivoted it and changed it throughout each of the four movies, but it's still always kind of the main theme. But yeah, rated. Give it properly rated. Yep. Matt, what do you think? Overrated, underrated, properly rated for this story. Um, pro properly rated. I mean, I, I think the, the whole purpose of the film was, um, well, yeah, I, I think that's a main topic later, but yeah, they, they flip around the, um, 
the the purpose of not being replaced to the purpose of we need to help integrate this toy into into the the rotation because Bonnie loves it so much. I, I, so I, I like the flip around there, but um, also just the the concept of introducing a brand new character I, I think is super cool, and they do that a couple times in this movie, and it's just fun to spend time with our old friends and meet a couple new ones. So rated if not underrated. The introduction of new character is interesting because they've done that in several other movies. In the second one, they introduced Jesse and Bullseye and and all these new uh, all these new characters as well. And they've been there they've been there throughout. I think in this movie, and we're about to go down the list of characters. I think in this movie, the the introduction of new characters almost comes to the detriment of not getting to be with the older characters for a while. Um, and, and that's fine. I mean, as much as I love Mr. Potato Head, like he's not adding anything. So yeah, <laughs> no, it, not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. So, I mean, it is what it is, but, uh, Jake, what did you think? What did give it a, give it a rating, give it a go. So I am very quickly learning. I am not as educated in, on the Tory story back catalog that I thought I was. Um, but I was going to say actually a little underrated, I think how the film handles these sort of very adult themes of place in the world and moving on and growth and change and accepting and leaving behind the past are handled extremely tastefully. And it's, it's done in such a beautiful and fun way that I'm going actually a little underrated only because I didn't notice these themes when I was watching the older films, you know, back in the day when they first came out. Cause when I was watching the old toy stories, you know, in the theaters and at home, I kind of just took it as like a fun children's film. And this is kind of like the first time I noticed I was like, oh, we're talking about some real shit. So oh, well, gonna... that that starts to seep in after you uh, after about viewing 57 <laughs> it starts to seep in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go a little underrated, but that's more of a personal thing. Um, just because I've, I've never noticed in, in sort of a, a, a Disney or Pixar film how well these just very adult stories are being told in a very fun playful way let's pause the podcast jake do you have stuff like you need to get off your chest is something weighing on you right now (laughs) yeah guys so here's what we're going to talk about now (laughs) um for this uh (laughs) for this for this staring out for a thousand yards for a minute guys okay just we'll come back in we'll come back in in a second after you think about your place in this are we all toys Anyway. I, I was when I texted y'all the picture of Forky saying I am trash. I was like, no, I I really did feel this. I can, I can. Well, that was the meme for a while. It was just like, <laughs> I am trash. Like this is, this is me. Said every basic yeah. in the world. Um, I will go opposite of all of you, and people may hate me for this. I think this story is overrated. I think the totality of the entire project and what they did with the animation and uh, you know, it's just a form of entertainment. I think it's great. I think the story is uh, just overrated basically because of how I feel about the third film. And that's my bias because I feel like, feel like they kind of went through this whole thing again, but more with more focus on, on Woody personally finding his place instead of, all of the toys finding their place and that's fine like we all uh we all love woody like that's not like that's gonna be the drop right there we all love woody um (laughs) so that's sort of 
what I think is going on with this is that it's sort of just focused on one character instead of all of them and what they've been through together. Like they almost all died in the last feel in the last film, but screw them. We're going to go with what Woody has to offer in this one. And he's going to get through this one on his own. And I don't know. He's always been the main character, but it's, it, I just go, I have to think it's overrated because we kind of rehashed a little bit of the same storyline as the last film. Um, sorry if this offends. <laughs> well, the they shouldn't, they shouldn't, have, they shouldn't have made a second star Wars movie either. I think it, it was pretty much wrapped up after the first one. Yeah, so. Absolutely. There's nothing, re- nope. nothing really else to do after that, but they've made three of these and like, <laughs> and it's the same. It's sort of the same as the last one. Like, I get why you do it. That's not what, like, I understand why you do it because, like I said, this made a billion dollars. Like, I can't state that enough. A, a film, a fourth film about toys made a billion dollars. Like, they clicked into something here. And, yeah, the nostalgia factor, like, every 24-year-old, me and my girlfriend going to see it with a bunch of, like, parents in the theater, like, that helped. But I, I just think that it, didn't do anything in the story that made like other than you know woody and having an existential crisis and buzz being an idiot that this did anything for me story-wise that changed the game is kind of what i'm getting at and i don't know that's maybe nitpicking because i don't know how far you can how deep you can get in an animated movie a g-rated animated movie about toys they did the best that they could but it just doesn't change the game for me (laughs) I don't know. All right, old man. All right, old man. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go. Come on. All right. So we're go- going with um, – we're going to go into characters, and this is going to be a long one, actually. 25 minutes in. We're doing great. Already on time for another three-hour podcast. Uh, characters. Woody. Obviously, this is his story. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Uh, I'll just – I. Again, I think he's I think he's properly rated. I it's tough to say that the story was un, overrated, but he's properly rated. It's Tom Hanks doing Tom Hanks things and it's America's dad <laughs> in another movie. So that's all I'm going to say about that. No, I I actually agree with you. I'm going to um I'll go first here. Uh, overrated. Woody is oh. a pretty pretty crappy character, but he's <laughs> at least consistent and so you can base a good story around him. Uh, but overall, pretty overrated. Uh, not a big fan of Woody in general. I did write down in uh, in my notes, Woody is selfish. Mm-hmm. All the time. Just He's very consistent <laughs> about it. He, 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 he throws it under a guise of being loyal to Andy, um, but uh, or in this case, Bonnie. Um, and sure, there's a little bit of nobility there. But overall, uh, he's doing it for himself. And uh, he's a big butthole, uh, but at least Bo Peep likes him. So they're happy together or whatever. So... All right, good. I'm now. I'm cynical now. Are, are you mad about? Are you mad about <laughs> Woody? <the> podcast. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad about the my opinions on Woody. Yes. <laughs> this is what we do. We wanted to do. This was the original idea for this segment was to take a movie that everyone loves and break and it down. It. Yeah, and break it down to its parts and just destroy <laughs> it. Um, Dex, what did you think about about Woody in this movie? And uh, you know, because you've watched all these, how does he feel in this movie as compared to? You know the past three. I like him way better in this movie than especially the first one. Like the first one, I kind of forgot he like straight up tried to murder Buzz, and we just all kind of let it go. Yeah, <laughs> just what friends do sometimes, you know. 
speaking of speaking of murder sorry to interrupt you but speaking of murder there are murderous dolls in this uh in this movie and we can get into those here in a, here in a little oh, bit as well dolls those and key and peel's character are oh yeah murderers anyway what did uh overrated underrated properly rated what did you how did you feel about him in this you said he was you said he felt underrated like how did you feel underrated for this movie i think he's way better in this movie than he was in the previous three uh, obviously it's his story um they're all kind of his story but this one especially uh, and you know you just kind of you get to spend more time with him as a character and like get to know what like makes him tick and what you know kind of uh you know pushes him as a toy and you know what kind of things he is looking for out of his like miserable toy life uh, so i think it's uh i think he's a little underrated in this movie but overrated overall across overrated. the series oh Okay, across the series, the main character of Toy Story is overrated. He's an asshole, man. <laughs> he really we don't is. appreciate it enough that he's an asshole. He's, they're always having to save Woody, which is actually kind of interesting when you go back, especially like in Toy Story 2 when he's like going to be shipped off and they're like, we don't want you to go. Well, just let him go. <laughs> if he goes on, the, on to like that Japan toy show or whatever, Oh, yeah. The series ends, but um, Jake, I digress. Jake, what did you think about Woody in this movie? Man, I'm super conflicted all of a sudden because all these thoughts are running through my head because I'm now just kind of remembering all the plot lines of the story. Um, I'm going to kind of agree with Dex. Uh, I think for this film, rated to underrated, I think he is overrated over the course of the series. Uh, but now as I'm thinking about it, every movie really is about Woody. And so what I'm now kind of realizing and accepting is that this movie was kind of the perfect farewell to him. Cause the first film is we're just dealing with Woody, not being able to accept that Andy could love another toy as much as him. The second is Woody going, well, fuck all of you. I'm just going to go to Japan. Um, I kind of forget what his arc was in the third one, but we're now finally getting Woody going, okay, I could actually be of some service elsewhere to the world and let Talk go to him, Jake. Talk to him. <laughs> let him know. I actually, yeah, I'm starting to agree with that. That was, that was, yeah. that was pretty good stuff. So, like, we're, we're finally closing the Woody arc of him being kind of this selfish dick and only working for Andy and being willing to give up everything only for Andy. And I guess grappling with that with bonnie in this film so we're 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 closing the arc we're finally saying goodbye he's granted a 70 year old toy which we need to get into I, a I little meant, bit i wrote that down they go when is she could because the entire plot line is basically they're the the evil doll gabby gabby which what that's a weird yeah. name, whoever named that toy um I don't know. Anyway, I don't have more on that, but it was just like Gabby yeah. Gabby is trying to steal his voice box. And they mentioned, they go, when were you made? He goes, uh, late fifties. What? <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, he was, he was restored in two. He, like, yeah, let's, no, let's say like, he looks great. It does raise the question. I mean, cause what we mean, Andy in the first movie on his birthday and he's what, like seven or something. Mm-hmm. So what was Woody doing for the past fifty some odd years? <laughs> right, he, he was passed down. Let's, let's yeah, assume that passed he was down. passed down. He was in uh, great shape for uh, for it took because I had a uh, Woody and Buzz Lightyear toys and they were beat to hell. 
by the time like I don't <laughs> like I don't know how well that it was a good kid. He kept care of the he kept care of those toys because mine were like buried out in the backyard or like slung around. They're just like all over the place. So the fact that he was in mint condition fifty yeah. in two thousand twenty. One slight touch up and he's fine. Year of our uh, Lord two thousand nineteen, Woody's still kicking. Yeah. You know they can talk, right? The toys in this movie we're accepting that they can talk and stuff yes okay just throwing it out there yeah i wrote that down so let's uh (laughs) and this is the bigger conversation forky and this leads into (laughs) first of all let's let's what do we think about forky tony hale in his bag in this one he was absolutely by far the funniest part of this movie or funniest character just because they knew what they were doing when they made him. They're like, let's just make sort of like an idiot, like a lovable idiot, which they accidentally did with Buzz Lightyear. But like he he's just sort of I'm trash is is such a great line. Yeah. It it just it I don't know. It just fits in perfectly. But Bonnie creates Forky in kindergarten class out of trash and you know, pipe cleaners and everything else, immediately sentient. Just immediately can talk and think and feel and is thrust into this world. He didn't ask for it because he immediately says that. He's like, I don't want to be here. So, (laughs) I mean, did any of us, bro? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't ask for this. But hey, but he was created as a toy. So I think there, I think there's some acceptable leeway there. If we're really getting into the science of all of this, yeah, I think yeah. there's some leeway there. He was created uh, as a toy. So is anything yeah. that is created as a toy alive? Because I think my girlfriend and I broke it down to I think anything oh, with a okay. face. I thought that was going in a different yeah. direction, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, a face. That, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is that like, I have a lot of questions about how sentience works in this film. I was reading online what like one person wrote, like once you write a name on a foot, maybe that makes them a person, which is not the case because Gabby doesn't have a name on a foot. Mm. Um, the other thing is, is we see a couple of toys in this film that are not alive. Like when Woody is escaping, I think like, I guess it's a preschool or whatever the playground is from the sandbox he jumps into like a little dump truck toy that's orange, not alive. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And then obviously the big vehicle that they get around the whole film, the skunk, again, not alive. So there's like a weird, like some things aren't and some things aren't. Let's be honest, Bo Peep sacrificed that skunk because it didn't have it, it didn't <laughs> have anything in it. It just it was just hollow. So she killed that skunk. See, but yeah, like the vehicles have never been sentient because like they had Barbie's Corvette. But RC, but RC, like, RC is uh, sentient. Oh, he's, a battery he's got a face. But he also face. does have a face. He does have a face. All right. So now we've, we've solved it. If you have a face. I think face. I think face. Yeah. yeah. If you have a face, you're sentient. But that leads into this is the first film where, and Matt mentioned it, humans can just hear the toys now, right? This is not the first film. What? Because Damn. at the end of Toy Story One, the way that they fuck up Sid oh, is by yeah. when he talking to him. Oh yeah. Sid he had to a very naughty boy. Yeah. Sid had to think like he was putting into an insane asylum, right? Absolutely. If he, oh, yeah. if he made it that long. 
He deserved that, like, before he could hear Toys talk, to be honest. Yeah, you could tell he was trash to begin with. Like, he, that dude was just... You know, you everybody knew that kid, like, in early high school. You're like, ah, yeah. Uh, that person is not meant for this society. That kid had Cheeto said, fingers and Kool-Aid stains on his mouth. He just knew. Okay, well, we don't have to talk about me that way, but... <laughs> He had like eight locks on his door. It's like a nine-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> which I noticed for the first time in this movie. He had like a bunch of like pat, like chain locks on his door in his house. Dude, you're nine years old. What are you doing in there? Is Look, that Sid... neighborhood was very rough. <laughs> Is Sid the Carney in this? Uh, in this one? No, 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 no. But he has the Sid. Pizza Planet tattoo. No, Sid is the um, Sid is rumored to be the uh, trash man in uh, Toy Story Three. Do we not think that the trash man can get a different job <laughs> as the carny? No, no, he no. that is not Sid. That is so very clearly not Sid to me. Okay. Sid is in prison at this point, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think Sid did have red hair. No, he was like, no, he was bald. He was like a yeah. bald nine-year-old. <laughs> It was unfortunate. Was just like, just his parents were just like, we're not going to give you a real haircut. They buzzed his head. He was on his way to being a serial killer. They might have caught him at like animal abuse, but he mm. was definitely like, he's in prison for something. Anybody that takes like the head off of like a Barbie doll and puts it on like a spider is definitely yeah. in jail. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, but just to go back to like, so the original question was, is this the first time we've heard or, about people can hear toys? What are we saying? Like in this film, the only time they heard him was when he pulled on the string, right? Or did they hear him like no? Like they were directing or... traffic. They were uh... oh yeah, the the hijacking the RV. Yeah, which was a great great scene. Which Turn was also <laughs> like the 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 one of the funniest lines is like we can send dad to jail. That was that was really funny. Oh, that is a great. Unmotivated character plot. Still loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, the unicorn's like, we're sending dad to jail. Like, huh? All right. This is a unicorn scene. This is a whole other question. <laughs> he just loves chaos. Exactly. <laughs> so, God, after our sentient toy discussion, we could go on. I feel like I could go on about that. There's a lot for, of questions. Forever. It just leaves a lot of more questions than answers. We need a Toy Story 5 to answer these questions, to there be honest. There you go. Now you're learning. Yeah. So what do we think about Bo Peep? I put originally, and uh, Caitlin got mad at me for it, I said that Bo Peep initially is a temptress in this movie because immediately, as soon as as soon as soon uh, she gets put in the box, she's like, come with me, Woody. You don't need this. You don't need you don't need these people. You don't need your human or anything like that. Come with me. I'm better. And uh, Woody with withholds uh, mm -hmm. initially, but mm -hmm. um, and this is this is all a joke. I'm not serious about this, so people don't get mad at me. But um, what do we think about what do we think about Bo Peep? Because she she immediately is a bigger story in this one than she does in like all of the other films. Oh yeah, any of them. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. What no, do we no, think? What do we think about her character being like thrust into this story, like like that? Because she's a good character in the within the confines of this story. Absolutely, it's it's super cool to see the other side of because um, because in like I can't believe Toy Story three is coming up so much because it was my least favorite of the of the four. But how dare like, you? <laughs> <laughs> we only but, came uh, here to talk about two. Exactly. Um, 
but like you you kind of get the uh throughout the whole series like being a lost toy is this horrible thing and she gives us the other side of it like being a lost toy is actually kind of dope like all the different kids come through if you have yourself a, a good setup and a good team like you know you can go have a really good life as a toy and i thought that she was a really good um window into that side of things um yeah, Woody, uh, even at the end, needs to be, like, kind of pushed and reassured by Buzz that, hey, it's cool to go there. You've, you've done your job as a toy for Andy and Bonnie. So, yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Underrated. Oh, yeah, we got away from that. What do we think about Forky? I, 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 Forky was properly rated, by the way. They'll go all Un- the way back. Underrated. Underrated. Underrated forever. Forever. Oh, uh, yeah, rated. Rated, underrated, somewhere around there. Uh, not overrated. 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 Ooh. I mean, he was cool and everything, but like, uh, eh. Eh. <laughs> he was the one thing that everybody took away from this film. You're going to call him underrated. <laughs> I, I'm calling him overrated because he was or overrated away from this film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that. Uh, that makes sense, actually. Another thing about but yeah, on Bo Peep, I'll call Bo Peep underrated. I think her turning into like this badass warrior princess is like something I didn't know I needed, but I really needed. Um, uh, <laughs> Like I was like in the theater, just like holy shit, Bo Peep is with the fucking shits. Like, <laughs> she really was, because you know we only see her as like this kind of like she's not really in distress, but she's like a damsel, just kind of like waiting for Woody to come back from whatever mission he's on, like kind of thing in one, two, one and two, and then you know in Toy Story four, she's like suddenly like doing flips and shit across carousels and like flying through the air and like kicking ass, and it's just dope. So underrated, Bo Peep. Jake? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with underrated. When we first meet Bo Peep in the first film, um, where it's through Andy's storyline of like the bank robbery, um, and she's either like held hostage or tied to the uh, train track. So it's it's fun to watch like that sort of character development go from this damsel in distress to you know this badass. I wrote down that she was uh, Bo Peep in uh, Furioso and Parador because um, she reminded me like for some reason it just reminded me a lot of Charlie Zarek's character in Mad Max um, just sort of this deep badass that you know this badass that doesn't need anybody but herself and like somehow has put together herself with tape and whatnot no I thought I thought it was fun I thought it was great um, and I agree with Matt that like it, she was a great device to show that like because we're taking the whole film between Gabby and Woody desperately needing to have children. And actually almost all the toys desperately need to have that one child to love them and to have, you know, characters go like, no, as long as you get played with, it's okay. You don't have to have one person. So she was great. I loved her underrated. I was going to ask, you know, what is a toy without a child? But I think you just, uh, I think you just answered it. Um, And like Mad Max, she only has one arm. So interesting comparison i don't know and obviously dex has feelings for uh bo peep so we can move on from that love of my life (laughs) love of of your life bo peep um replace lola bunny as my animated queen damn man coming coming in hot um okay so this is the one that i wanted to have a little bit of a conversation about why is buzz lightyear all of a sudden the biggest idiot that has ever walked the face of the earth in this movie, he, he he was never like he was never bright like that's no like, yeah so but and also he doesn't like he is so far thrust back in this movie into like second fiddle that it's kind of startling 
how much mm-hmm. like he isn't really involved with this. He's like fourth fiddle here. Yeah, well, like uh, obviously, like Bo Peep is the supporting character. Uh, you know, Forky. yeah, and Forky is sort of the comic relief. So it, they his storyline is almost like Force is like we're gonna have to go now. Fine, I don't and I don't know what that is. Maybe it's people like the testing with audiences is like we love Woody and more instead, or maybe it's just real life things that people don't like Tim Allen anymore. I don't, you know, I don't know. Not great. He's not great. Very problematic at this point. I, you know, I don't know. Um, so I, I just think that he served his purpose, right? He came in, he threatened Woody, they became best friends and now he is content. And now the, the main journey for him is to, understand fully who he is and so they do the whole inner dialogue thing and that's fine but no he didn't need he didn't need to be at the front of this movie to play his to play his part i think he was fine but toy story is for the forever has always been woody and buzz right like when you think of toy story you think of i i don't know i think of woody and buzz when you think of this and he's just so not involved in this movie it's kind of weird at least yeah. to me. I mean, you're, the hit, you're not wrong. The hit song of the whole series is you got a friend in me that's basically sung between them two. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too far into it, but it's just so funny to think that like Tim Allen gets his script and is like, you kidding me? <laughs> like what? <laughs> what, what, what he, I'm sure he got paid, but I'm sure he was just like, yeah. what is what? I'm with Matt on this one. I think we didn't really need anything else from Buzz. I mean, Royden, I think you don't think we needed this entire movie, but I think we especially didn't need any more, like, Buzz story. Like, we are, like, he has Jesse, he, like, kind of knows that he's a toy and, like, what that means. Um, You know, we've kind of been through everything we need to go through with Buzz. Uh, And, you know, this is mostly about Woody, so he needs to give room for Woody to cook. And he did. Just, Westbrook... uh, on a clear out, just give him room to operate. Let him drive to the hole. <laughs> not a bad, not a bad uh, uh, comparison there. Um, yeah, I, I have no issue with how they treated Buzz here. Um, he's he's never been my super favorite. Maybe it just finally came around that the Disney executives were like, "Oh yeah, everybody's talking about how Tim Allen was arrested for cocaine, and we all forgot." You <laughs> thought we threw all of his friends in jail so he can get out? Ooh. <laughs> I actually have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you do um, not know that? In the seventies, was that what? Yeah, 80s, Tim Allen maybe got, got busted in Japan with like a shit ton of cocaine, and the way he got out of it is he essentially stole like all of his suppliers and who he was dealing or doing it with under the bus, so he didn't get really anything. That. <laughs> That is Tim the Tool Man Taylor, the family man. Tim the t- Tool Time is a lie because, uh, yeah, I think it just came around that like the Disney executives were all of a sudden like, oh, people on Twitter are talking about how, ah, we thought y'all forgot. <laughs> Surprise. Nah, we didn't forget. Um, so Buzz's storyline, he's also very dumb in this. Like we we knew he was dumb, but he's also just really stupid. Yeah, I kind of agree with the whole table on this one. Like, I I I honestly don't think we needed anything from Buzz in this film. Um, we've gotten a story. We got to meet 
Zerg and we played out that whole fantasy through the other films. So there was nothing we can give him that would have been worth it if we have Woody have his own closure film. But I do agree. He he was a little extra dumb in this. And I think the whole purpose was just for him to be a comedy relief, to just have like a side storyline going on of finding a conscience, I guess. But Precisely. he was just like a little extra like did he recently get hit in the head and we're just kind of reliving the first movie again where we're discovering we're a toy? There was just some interesting character choices there. Buzz Lightyear toss up between him and Forky for dumbest character in this movie. Um, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Moving on. uh, Speaking of dumb characters, Ducky and Bunny. Um. I'm just gonna go ahead and say the this is so, these toys were so overrated in this. Yeah, they uh, they were they're they're product fine. place it, yeah. product placement extraordinaire Key and Peel, and I love Key and Peel, but it's just like okay. Yeah, accessory characters. I have no issue. I don't think they'd have an issue calling them that. They're accessory characters. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, they had me dying in a couple of scenes. Like when no, they're they were funny, fantasizing yeah. about like taking out the old lady. I was in the theater dying. Oh, the whole long con scene where they like follow her all the way home and then wake her up. Fan- I was crying. It was so good. <laughs> they yeah, are I'm here for King and Peel in this movie. I don't know. I think they're kind of overrated just because it's so ob- like that part is funny, but it's also so obvious that like, all right, these are the toys that your kids are going to like cry if you don't buy them in a Walmart like bargain bin. Like the this is what th- these are. And I guess that's fine, but it's, I don't know. I, I just, okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I, kind of I, I, the beast at this point. Huh? That's kind of the nature of the beast at this point with any like kid movie. With any even Disney Star- movie. The Porgs. Like, yeah, they're going to be yeah. toys. Like, it's fine. Um, I do appreciate the laziness of the naming schemes for all the toys in this one. <laughs> like right. we have Buzz, Woody, Jesse. Well, I guess Rex is a bit on the nose. I guess they really all are on the nose. I've lost the point, but I just like that he was Ducky and Rabbit and Forky were the new characters. Like, this is what they are. Just take it. Yeah. The fork. Name is Forky. The fork. He's I'm a duck. He's a rabbit. What do you want from me? We spent th- we spent <laughs> $150 million on animation. This isn't, the screenplay wasn't necessary. This isn't what this is about. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, yeah, they, they, it is, it is what it is with a, I mean, the naming scheme went out the door when, when you literally have things called Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah. Oh, that's the name of the toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, but then we call him Slinky and, um, what, what's the piggy bank's name? Ham. Ham. Yeah. Ham. Yeah. yeah but they were all the nose. Moving on to like a, I think my favorite character of the movie, though, Do Kaboom, though, pretty good, pretty good name, and honestly, a really fun character for a dude who was just on an absolute hot streak in 2019. Yeah, Keanu. I thought he was Canadian. What a choice. <laughs> this makes it so much better. <laughs> French Canadian. Really his 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 owner is a French Canadian kid named Bijon. And, uh, you know, abandoned and Duke Kaboom is one of my he suffers from like massive insecurities and, and 
and uh, imposter syndrome. He doesn't know if he can do the jumps that the other toys can do that and that they do in the commercials. And Dooku Boom is just a really, really nice addition to this. And functionally oh. plays a part. Like he helps them get where they need to go on a couple of very important occasions. So I thought Keanu did a great job too. He is the most uh, he is the most important accessory toy in in this uh, in this whole film. Mm-hmm. Dex, yeah. what do you think about Duke Kaboom? So, I actually ended up buying like the Toy Story Four like pack of Uno cards like after this came out, just because I didn't have Uno, and they had a Toy Story Four version, and they in the Toy Story Four pack, <clears throat> there's a uh, a Duke Kaboom wild card. Mm. So like my entire reception of Duke Kaboom has been like reshaped by that game of Uno, like and playing the Duke Kaboom card on people, and. Uh, He's my favorite character from Toy Story 4. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, his posing, like, when uh, Bo Peep is, like, talking to him, that, like, weird, like, toy speakeasy, like, just all of it just... The toy weird. speakeasy yeah, was one of, of the cool... I We need more toy club scenes is what we need. Toy club scenes are so funny to me. Anyway... Uh, yeah, I mean, our family still says yes, we Canada on on <laughs> almost a daily basis. <laughs> so I, I I can't cape for for Duke Boom any more than I already am. When he jumped a couple of times, when he first of all, when <laughs> it when Rajon or whatever his name is, his his Rajon, he when he <laughs> wheeled him back and he jumped him for the first time and it didn't do anything, like it just fell over. I audibly laughed out loud because it was like I had so many toys like that where it would just like you'd rev it up and then it just fall over like that was oh, yeah. somebody somebody had an axe to grab like the screenwriter was like remember those things that just did not work when we were kids yeah I got to put that in here who's going to voice it Keanu Reeves hell yes <laughs> absolutely when he when he jumped off of the Ferris wheel and hit the light bulb that was probably the funniest part of the movie for me when he, I don't know, when he just like, for you, Rajon, and he like hits the light bulb. I thought it, I thought it killed him. I'm glad, I'm glad they landed it. Like they weren't going to, but I thought it killed him for like a brief second. I was like, that would have been the funniest thing ever in this movie. If they would have just obliterated him that, I don't know. That would have been really funny to me. Absolutely. All right, so we are going on an hour podcast here, actually. Finally, we can skip over what we thought about Gabby Gabby. Nobody really, eh. I, I will say, uh, very briefly, I did like the horror movie elements to this film. I, I thought that was a really fun um, and, at times, genuinely creepy element to the movie. Um, I didn't like the mannequin dolls one bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought I thought that element was very very fun. Yeah, I wrote down in, on here the R.L. Stein puppets. Uh, absolutely, oh, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. The goosebumps, the goosebumps puppets. Absolutely. Um, so I do have a question before we move on from Gabby Gabby. Which Toy Story movie villain is the best one? Um, Lotso. I I think I have to agree. Lotso was just so. Uh, you felt bad for him, and he was also just such an evil dude. Um, who's the villain from two? Uh, uh the prospector. Ah, uh, and the and the villain from one was basically Woody. Sid. So no, it was um, <laughs> so yeah, I'd say it's lots of. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you there. Um, 
that's wrapping up the what i would say about gabby is like i actually like that she wasn't a villain that she was yeah. just a foil for woody that she too just wants to be loved instead of like a lasso or the prospector that it's just like no i'm a jaded toy she just wanted to find love and she finally gets it so we finally left the trope of like you're either a good toy or you're an asshole right we left I like it. that good call all right, so uh, I guess a little underrated for Gabby from all of us. I, I kind of overrated, actually, for me. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. She's my favorite villain. I like that they did the whole really? like MCU, like you understand why she's evil thing with her. So. Yeah, and her evilness really isn't that bad. Like the prospector wanted to kidnap Woody. Lotso just wants to keep him all trapped. She just wanted a new voice box, and that was it. Yep. The make you cry moment in this really quickly. Uh, the lost kid, um, as a dad, Matt, how did that make that, you feel? That was, um, I, yep. Yeah, I definitely started feeling things at that point. And then I was like, okay, good. Whew, I didn't, I didn't absolutely cry in the theater. And then at the very end, we say goodbye to all of the toys and the toys are saying goodbye to each other. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is the end. This is the end of this awesome franchise. And except for when they make we, number five, except for when they make number five. But this is that's what we wanted, right? That's what all of the you know, twenty and up crowd wanted is is a final goodbye and some final time with all these cool characters that we loved when we were kids, uh, and we got a really good one, I thought. And we even got Buzz kind of telling us, "Hey, it's okay to say goodbye. Uh, Everything is going to be okay." And I was, oh, that 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 got at me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Did you or did anyone in your family cry? I did. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> not not cry. I definitely uh, definitely got some wet eyes there. But um, it was a little uh, I, I'm pretty sure my wife cried a little bit. And I'm, I'm pretty sure my in-laws cried, too, who were there as well. So, yeah, I think we might have gone four for four. It's a good the kids old didn't fam- know what was going on. It's a good old family cry. Sometimes you just need a good old family cry, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I got to admit, I, I teared up even though like I just was kind of like, OK, well, it's wrapping up when when they were like driving away. I was kind of like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like it was right. Like, one of right. those things. I don't know. It's something hit me deep, deep down. It was like your childhood's gone. Everything you love is yeah. is leaving. <laughs> I didn't take it that that uh, deeply. That's, Dang, maybe, that, I feel bad now. That's no, how I, I agree. Like that's that's how I felt. I was just like, oh, okay, we're splitting up the game. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. Dex, uh, what did you think about the ending? Uh, I thought it was a great ending. I thought you know they nailed it, and it was a great way to send off the series. If this is actually the way they send it off, or at least for like the next like ten years or whatever, before they make the next one. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't cry at this one. I cried at the end of Toy Story 3 just because I was like late in high school at that point. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'm going to college. Like, yeah. Uh. No. But uh, yeah, this one didn't make me cry, but it was really good. Jake? Uh, the only thing that brought tears or like had me wet eyes is the lost kid because the lost kid is hugging her right arm. And I was like, that is super real. Like that, that is what a lost yep. child does is like comfort themselves in any way they can. I was like, they fucking nailed that. Yes, they did. Yes, um, they did. So that like, I was like, Oh, that is actually what a lost child looks like. That, that is incredible. Um, as for the ending, I thought it was great. Uh, I, I agree with, um, everybody in that it was just like, a, it was a nice tip of the hat. It was a good farewell to the group. Um, but my favorite was the, 
post or not really post credits, but during credit scenes, instead of just leaving Woody like, well, I guess he's fine. Like we actually show him fulfilling the dream of helping other kids and like helping toys find homes. So like that was an actually really good send off instead of just like having him sit on top of the Ferris wheel and be like, I hope he's okay. I don't know. Good call. So now we finally, and we got to wrap up here. Is that going to be actually going to be our shortest pod? Uh, thanks to Matt no having to go be an actual adult. <laughs> Sorry um, about that, guys. No, but the, uh, <laughs> how dare you have to like take care of your family and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it happens. What, uh, we're trying to talk about Toy Story, man. Um, <laughs> the, we're trying to be adults and talk about Toy Story. The ending of this movie and, and how it wraps up. And do we feel, and, Jake, I want to get your thoughts first because I know how these two feel. <laughs> was this movie in its whole, first of all, necessary? And how do we feel about it being a second book in to what we thought was the original book in the third movie? Because the third movie wrapped up almost felt so final in its mm -hmm. ending because you're wrapping up Andy's saga. Like it almost felt for me like, oh, well, what are we doing again? You know? So I don't know, like what, what final thoughts on where this movie, like why should it have been made? Obviously it should have made a billion dollars. I can't reiterate that enough, but <laughs> what, it, what do you feel about how this sort of bookends again, another chapter in toy story lore? So I agree. Um, I, I, I did fall on the um, side of the, the, I don't know what word I'm trying to look for, but I, I agree that three was a great ending because it was cyclical. You know, we, we get to watch Andy grow up and go off to college or become an adult or whatever, but the kids get to, or the toys get to start with new kids again and the cycle begins again. So you could really end three and go back to one and get the whole cycle forever and ever and ever. So four feels out of place in that regard. But if you look at it from the this is Woody's arc from one through four, it's a not perfect, but it is a great way to end his story and end that whole saga of being a toy that's attached to a child to being your own thing that helps others. It's a good way to look at it. Dex, how do you feel about how this movie wrapped things up for the toy story? If, in fact, it wrapped it up or if... Uh, I assume if Tom Hanks was like, run me my check, I assume he'll do it again. Well-known yeah. poor man, Tom Hanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can never get work, that guy. Mm -mm. Uh, but I think I think this was actually like the perfect bookend. I know you said that uh, you thought Toy Story 3 was like the bookend and like the, the cycle starts over. But I think, you know... Toy Story 3 was a good ending to Andy's story, but it's not called Andy's story. It's called Toy Story. So I think... Um, How you know, this dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you use the name of the film in this? It's a... Uh, you know, we kind of see Woody go through each of these like existential crises, right? Um, he's going to be replaced. Um, you know, he's really old. He's a collector's item. He like, should be on a shelf or whatever. And then we see him like, you know, sad because Andy's leaving him, right? So if we, you know, just give him the Bonnie, we're just doing all that again, like Jake mentioned. I think, you know, we find in Toy Story 4, we finally get, like, this end of the existential crisis. Uh, you know, Woody has finally, like, figured out what his place is in life. He's finally, like, with the girl that he's, like, been wanting to be with 
since literally the very first movie. Uh, you know, he finally like knows his place in the world. He's finally, you know, kind of his own thing and not tied to being, you know, a child's toy. He, you know, is just woody. So I think this movie was necessary and it's a good way to wrap all that up. How well does Woody uh, adjust to being monogamous? <laughs> Incredibly well. It's Bo Peep. Look at her. This is the huh? question. This is the question that I asked myself when I finished this movie. It was like, uh, can he do it? Y'all forget how horny Toy Story One was. <laughs> yeah. They just, were. It was. It's a no, very horny movie. Notably I, horny I hate movie. To say that. Notably horny. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add to what Dex said. Uh, he covered it all except for the fact that man, I just you you could have ended it at Toy Story three, where like the the resolution was they avoided death. Uh, but I, I think there was something a little bit more to be said. Like we four. all do every and also, day. Exactly. And three was just so. Three was so dark. Like. It's it's rare for a kids movie to touch on like slavery and death in the same movie, mm. um, but they did. And like, I just I don't I don't think that was the last taste that we wanted to leave in the in the mouths of people watching the Toy Story franchise. I think it wrapped up so bittersweetly, and this is my final thought on it. I think it wrapped up so bittersweetly, uh, just the way that I remember, and maybe this is just me being biased, but the way I remember walking out of that theater was way different than how I walked out of the theater this time. And maybe it's because I'm older and yada, yada, yada. But I mean, that movie came out a decade ago, nearly a decade ago. So it, when I walked out of the theater and there was like my parents were crying and like my <laughs> sister and brother were all crying. It was like, my mom was like, Ryan's about to go off to college, like through like actual tears. So I, I the way that I walked with this sense of melancholy and that, okay, well we can actually close this chapter that I grew up with. Whereas when I walked out of the theater this time, I was sort of like, well, that was nice that we got to see that again. You know what I mean? I, I, it felt so final whenever they did it the last time that this, it just felt more unnecessary to me than it should have. I liked it. Felt more unnecessary than it should have. Final grade. Uh, Jake, Dex, Matt, if you had to give it a letter grade, go ahead. Uh, B plus. A. Yeah, I, I think an A minus is pretty fair. An A minus to A is, is where I'd put it. And if you had to give a different grade to Toy Story, one, an A minus or A. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I think I go with, I think I side with Jake on a B plus, but like an 89. I think we're pushing yeah. it. Like an 89.5. I think that's fair. I, think that, I, th I don't think that's a crime. Yeah, I think you're going to your professor like, what the hell, man? Can we please make this an A? But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I give this like a, a, B, a B plus is pretty good. Um, final thought. Any final thoughts? Matt is bear. Thank you for being on uh, on the show today. It was my pleasure. And I, I just want to encourage everyone to go watch this movie at least 44 more times. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you'll really understand what it's like. And also, it, in all seriousness, there's a lot of extra toy story stuff that's out on disney plus that's really fun to watch yeah you can find this movie on disney plus you all have it if you have, especially if you have kids and you're listening to that you all have disney plus um matt actually finally finally i know you got to go but uh how mad would you be if uh you had a thousand toys for your kids including really expensive ones from the 50s and the only thing your son or daughter wanted was um this forky toy and would not shut up about it until <laughs> until you found it because Buddy, Bonnie was not having it. 
What do you mean by what? Wh- how would I feel? <laughs> how do you feel right now, buddy? How do I feel right now? That is the essence of of buying toys for children. It is <laughs> the least expensive thing that they come across, um, or the least intentional thing that they are given uh, that they enjoy the most, and and that's kind of just the joy of it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the the writers of that were definitely like she just likes the somebody somebody had a kid that was like this fork means more to the i'm gonna put this in a damn movie follow at matt is bear on twitter uh great follow for all of your um parenting and toy story takes and needs he's shaking his head no guys it was it was a blast we'll uh we'll do this again soon we will do this again yeah. soon yeah. matt matt is logging off but uh follow us on at one take pod on Twitter uh, and Matt is gone. He had to go. Uh, anything else that you want to say about this? Uh, I know Matt had to go, but I, I wanted to reiterate really quick and uh, this will be a short pod. How good the animation was in this. Cause I don't think we touched on it enough because we wanted to get through all the topics real quick. When you're watching this movie and, and I know you, you're watching it with your kids. You're not really paying attention, but a little like film thing to like look at is how they use light in this movie, how they use reflections and how they use like you can see the glue around Forky's eyes. That's how yeah. good this movie is. And I feel like they made this movie and Pixar does do things where they make a movie and it's known that they'll make a movie to improve on a quality that they're trying to improve on as a company. Like they use Coco to see how clothes fit on bodies and skeletons and how, how skeletons moved and things like that. They've used different things in this. They really used toy story to like, you can see every individual hair on the cat. You can see like creases on Woody's boots. You can see individual raindrops. You can see, uh, dust flakes and cobwebs and nothing in this movie goes unturned and i just think we did not touch on that enough i just wanted to mention that um yeah i'll i'll tack on because there were two specific things that i really wanted to talk about when it was coming to the animation one was the scene right before the first um jump into the cabinet they look up and at the chandelier and you're getting all the little uh light reflections all around and like that is that is legit how light reflects off of glass. Like they nailed that, and it's so mind blowing that that was done in a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that is exactly how the world works, and they nailed it. Um, the only other thing that I, I took away in terms of the animation was how incredibly beautiful Gabby and Bo Peep's eyes were. Like they were piercing like this greenish blue, and I could not stop staring at it. So it's like, that is an incredible color depth that you really don't even get in real life shot on film movies. Um, so yeah, that was, those were two huge like animation takeaways for me. Uh, Dex, anything to add? Not necessarily about the animation, but what you thought about this movie. Now we can, I mean, just uh, anything more in depth you want to talk about it. Cause this is going to end up being our shortest pod for those of yeah. you that care. Uh, I'll talk about a little bit about the animation. There was one like scene in particular where Woody is like dragging Forky like along the side of the road, like walking to the the antique shop, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is beautiful!" Mm-hmm. Like it's night, like you got the grass on one side, you got the road on the other side. Woody's like 
perfectly framed in the center, marching with Porky, like, kind of dragging behind him. And it's just like, man, this shit looks like a fucking picture somebody took on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there's just a lot of shots like that where it's like, this is real close to photorealistic. Uh, and I just really enjoyed that, like, throughout watching it again. Uh, I do want to talk about kind of our rankings for the series. Oh, yeah. uh, oh you want to go into how we feel? I wish we could. We might get him to text in and we'll uh, get uh, his rankings on the series. But, uh, Matt, uh, get his rankings on the series. But go ahead. What did you What did you feel? What do you feel in, in, your, in your heart? So, yeah, as somebody who literally watched all of these movies in the past 48 hours just now, I, right now, have the rankings 4, 3, 1, 2. 4, 3, 1, 2. Jake? Uh, The only thing I would flip is 3 and 4, so I would would do 3, 4, 1, 2. No. Yeah, no, I agree. It feels weird to say 3 is my favorite. I think 3 is just a good closer. I'll agree with Dex, actually. I will go 4, 3, 1, 2. Interesting. I think I gotta go. I think I gotta go three one four two. Yeah. I think I think the nostalgia factor of one really plays in in D. Even though when you look at it now, it is definitely like the the uh, I don't know, not worse, but definitely like the animation hasn't aged as well, especially when you look at something like this. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, just is not not good. No, it's Compared it's just nowhere close, and and that's I mean, we got to think about in the context of when Toy Story one came out, how yeah. mind blowing it was for like they created this in a computer. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. were like, burn it like a witch. Like they didn't know like what. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they did. It's like it, it basically the same concept. Like they didn't understand how they were able to do it and it was so revolutionary that the um it was so revolutionary that they had to basically kind of like recognize it at the uh academy awards for like a different category you know what i mean like that they Mm -hmm. recognize it as like a special achievement in film and filmmaking because it was so revolutionary um so i think in in the context of 1995 or whenever it came out it is incredible now eh, like like eh, you know what i mean yeah but yeah i will say the story in one is better than two because two just kind of like you get introduced to the new characters and you know you like spend like 30 seconds with prospector pete as like the bad guy and then it's just kind of over um and I didn't realize just like how little screen time he actually had. Like after he was revealed to be the villain, it just kind of wrapped it itself up really quickly. So uh, that's why I have it at the bottom. It's still really good. It's like wrecking the worst Kanye album. It's like <laughs> it's a pretty good album. Like yeah, yeah. Story two is at the bottom for me for sure. Quick, rank your Kanye albums. Oh God, that would not be quick. I'm not- <laughs> Three hour pod. Yeah, I don't want to do that. We're gonna get into we're gonna get into longer territory. We're pushing one fifteen uh, right now. One hour fifteen minutes. All right, I started to wrap up earlier, but um, I think it's just time that we uh, wrap up right now. I don't know if we're gonna get uh, Matt's rankings on these on these films, but I'm glad that he came on. He provided a different perspective. I'm glad he uh, wanted to do this movie because, like he said, he's probably watched it seventy five times. I think. 
I think any parent that's listening to this can absolutely relate to that. Uh, their kids, you know, finding one movie that they really, really love and then uh, going for it. But, um, you know, it's it's a good film. I'm sorry that we had to break it down to its bare parts, but this is what we're going to do. Okay, this is called One Take Down on One Take Podcast. <laughs> Again, we are going to take a movie that people uh, love or it is criti- critically acclaimed, if I can get that out, um, and uh, we're going to break it down to its bare parts, go overrated, underrated, properly rated, and uh, what we think about it in retrospect. So anything else that y'all want to say before I do the whole closing spiel? Uh, follow us please god thank you uh rest in peace kirk douglas passed away today yeah legendary actor man 103 yeah went hard for a very long time crap um so rest in peace to that legend as we all know him as spartacus Mm -hmm. um and the only other shout out is to our boy dex for getting a new job shout out nailing it down so, thank you, thank you. We out here. Yeah, we out. That's here. all I got. Now, but yeah, you already know what I have to say. I say it every week. Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Sporter. You know the you know the hashtag. See if she wins that Oscar. So coming up in the next few weeks, uh, really quickly, we are going to probably be doing Birds of Prey. Uh, on our next podcast, we are doing Miss Americana, the Taylor Swift joint. Um, as well as a long-awaited season one review of you. Not you listening to, we're not going to review you, we're going to review you, the sh- whatever. We're going to review you, the weird show on Netflix that was a lifetime show, now is definitely going to be on Netflix for like 10 series. Um, so that's on that's on Netflix. Both those are going to be a Netflix review. We didn't go out to spend your money. So watch the free movies on Netflix. Because they are free at this point. That's built into your income is the Netflix subscription at this point. So watch Miss Americana and you. In a couple of weeks, I think we're going to do Birds of Prey, which is actually getting randomly good reviews uh, at this point in time. Color me shocked on that one. And um, so we're going to go see that Margot Robbie joint. And we'll put out uh, on Twitter what we're going to be seeing and reviewing here um, shortly. But... Miss Americana and you on guess that's coming out on Friday. We're going to do that pod tomorrow, but um, yeah. So go follow us on one take podcast, one take pod on Twitter. The number one take pod on Twitter. Email us at one take podcast.com or what am I saying? One take podcast at gmail.com one take podcast at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, complaints, money that you want to send us, that would be great. Um, sponsor us. Spon- yeah, sponsor the pod. That'd be great. One take podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find this on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. We're trying to get the search notifications on Spotify to work because when you search for us, for some reason, even though I brought this up to Spotify, you cannot find our podcast when you search for it. I'm not mad, just saying. Um, totally not mad person right here but uh one take podcast on apple podcast and on spotify you can also download uh on simplecast if you just want to do that listen in your browser uh thank you very much that'd be great thank you to all the people that have been listening to us we got a few on the east coast randomly 
I don't know, just randomly on the East Coast. Yeah, one in like Arizona and New Mexico. So thank you for whoever's downloading there. Um, I know our friend in Arizona. Keep going. Oh, hey. And uh, 90% uh, of the downloads are coming from my hometown of Livingston, Texas. So thank you very much for the for my mom and dad for downloading this uh, and listening. Shout out to my sister, too, for downloading. I, she texts me every time that she listens. So, Aww. yeah, whole hour, two hour podcast. Sorry. Um, so record shortest pod, guys. How do we feel? Good. I feel like it's a good length. What are we at? Like an hour twenty now? Dex, what did you say? Feeling good as hell. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Dex, one more time. Shout out the hashtag. Hashtag support Florence Pugh, baby. Academy Award nominee, future winner. Let's go. Let's do it. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. All right. I think we're finally done. You got a friend in me. Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am Big and stronger too Maybe But none of them Will ever love you the way I do It's me and you, boy And as the years go by A friendship will never die You're gonna see it's our destiny you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me.